The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. As we get into the Word, here's a few things that we're going to find. One, what we need to be producing. Your life is always producing something, no matter what. There's really not an idle moment in your life. We're producing. Even when we're resting, we're producing. So what we need to be producing, uh, there's another thing that we're going to find, is what brings about solution. We all deal with, with situations that need solution. You know, whether it's a, a troubling situation, we, we use words like problem, uh, you might deal with issues, you might have a challenge, or whatever your vocabulary may be, uh, there's a need for solution. And really and truly, God has equipped us as believers to be a solution to really any of the world's problems. And, and we'll, we'll see that here in the scripture. And then another thing that we're going to find is what people want. What people want. Now, I've got news for you. You're a person. So, I mean, you could word this differently. You could say what you want. I could say what I want. I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's something that I want or there's something that you want. And we'll see in the scripture what that is as we get into the word. So, so as we do this, I want to start with what we need to produce. And for your notes, for the sake of your notes, you can write this down. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. The book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, is going to reveal to us a list that is produced by the Holy Spirit. These are what we refer to as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, as you're born again, as you're a believer, and the Holy Spirit is active in your life, these things are intended to be produced and released through your existence. Your existence being made up in your attitude and your actions, your words, all the things that you deliver to the world are, are meant to be influenced or affected by the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, and the Holy Spirit is producing the following. Galatians 5, beginning in verse 22, the fruit or the produce of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, this is a passage of scripture that I think could really have a massive impact on our prayer life. I mean, you could take this one scripture and, and, and take it into your time of, of prayer and, and simply seek God on how we can produce these things. Not just embrace them, not just be for them, not just say, you know what, I'm all in favor of love. Or I'm, I'm all in favor of joy and peace and patience. I'm in favor, those are good things, sign me up for those things but to say, God, how can I produce peace? The word says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now, for my life, you know, I thought I'm doing good if I'm just not causing problems. But I'm not just called not to cause problems. I'm called to actually produce peace or make peace, be a peacemaker. So I want to take these fruits and ask God, God, how do these things become something that I actually release through my life. Not just things that I agree with, but things that are actually intentionally 
uh, created and released through my words and actions. Now, I wanted you to, to see that entire list, but specifically, did you take note that the, the item kindness or the, the attribute kindness is in that list? That when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, kindness is a, a product of that. Kindness is a result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. I want to give you another passage of scripture here because when I'm asking myself, how do I produce kindness? I mean, it's been my goal through much of my life just not to be mean. Do you ever find the stuff that you watch on like Netflix to be kind of interesting? I mean, if somebody wanted to know a little bit about you or, or things like that, do you think if they could see your, your, the list of items you watch, it would be revealing, you know? Now, I'm not talking about that in the sense of like, you know, uh, 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 but, you know, if you shouldn't watch it, you shouldn't watch it. But I'm talking about some of the stuff. I, I kind of thought some stuff that we started watching was, was funny. I found that we were watching game shows. That's weird, right? How bored do you have to be to watch, like, reruns of game shows? And, and so when, it, you know, it first came on, I thought, well, that's dumb. Why are we watching this? And the next thing you know, you're like, hey, rewind that. I, I didn't, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're watching this. And so one of these game shows was Family Feud, right? Now, Family Feud's been running for a long time, right? And, and it has transitioned, the host. It's kind of interesting to watch the old ones versus kind of the more modern ones. Definitely has gotten a lot more racy than it used to be. I mean, like a lot, you know. But, but we were watching these episodes of this game show, and one of the, the surveys was uh, an animal that you would be described as mean as, right? And so they're standing there, you know, got a hand behind their back. And, and they went through this list of animals, and they got, you know, I think there were like six on the board, and of course they, you know, they list them in the order in which they, they're most popular, you know, one, two, three, four, based on the survey. Well, they got everything but number one. And I'm sitting there, and I know number one, and I'm yelling it at the TV, you know, and the reason why I know number one is because I think I've been called that a few times, which I thought, you know, that's probably not a good way to know that. But they, you know, mean as a blank. And they're like, bear, ding, it's number five. Oh, lion, ding, you know, it's number four. I'm thinking, who says that? Like, man, you're mean as a lion. I mean, if I asked you mean as a blank, what would you think? Snake, that's it, number one answer. Yeah, mean as a snake. But I'm watching this and I'm thinking, you know, I've missed a lot of these. Why am I so good at this one? Like, this is the survey I would have just swept the board on. And I think it's because I'm so familiar with what it's like to, to live life with, with aggression and, and, and to be mean in situations and circumstances. So it's unnatural for me to be kind. That's why I need the supernatural to have an effect on my life. It's more natural for me to express my disappointment and frustration with anger or with rage. It's so much more natural. But God has seen fit to send Jesus to the cross to bring him out of the tomb, to lift him up to heaven, and then pour out the Holy Ghost so that I can be kind. That's a lot of effort. Kindness is a supernatural act for us. That God has gone to great lengths to equip us to be able to perform and to be able to perform well. So as I'm praying about this, you know, God, it's not enough that I just don't be mean, but help me to be kind. How can I be kind on purpose? 
Because if my life is now structured around just not being mean, then it's a life of discipline, of thinking thoughts that are aggressive, or thinking, having desires that are mean or aggressive, and then just you know, suppressing them, holding them back, keeping them repressed inside. And I guarantee you one day, I'll snap. You've snapped before, right? So, so as I'm asking, how do you be kind? I mean, I don't want to just not be mean. I want to be kind. I want to give you a passage of Scripture, and I think we can find some answer here. Proverbs 14, 22. Proverbs 14, 22. Proverbs 14, 22, if you turn there, it reads like this. It says, will they not go astray who devise evil? I mean, that's, that's a question, you know. Is it not going to go wrong for them? If you devise evil, it's, it's going to go south. Now then, here comes the back half of the verse, and this is the half I really want to pay attention to. But kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. Kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. I mean, I I look at this passage of Scripture and I think, you know, you could take that a couple of different ways. You could take that as in like, you know, if I devise good, then, then kindness will come my way. We could just call it you know, the, the, I don't like the word because it's an Eastern religion word, but karma, right? I mean, but Jesus talks about, you know, what you sow, you'll reap. He talks about the measure you measure with will be measured back to you. So we have this principle or we have this rule or this law, so to speak, without attaching the, the Eastern identity to it. And what I see here is that you could interpret it that way. You know, if you devise good, then kindness and truth will come to you. But I see it differently when I read this passage of Scripture, especially as it concerns the desire that I have to actually be kind, not just to not be mean, but to actually be kind. I see that kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. If I want to be kind, I need to devise good. Now, devise is a weird word, right? I mean, do you picture like a, a, a villain with a curly mustache? I'm devising. It doesn't it sounds sinister. It doesn't sound like a word that would be used for something that would be uh, uplifting or good. But really, the truth is, it's about thinking. It's about planning. Again, another sinister word, right? Plotting. Have you ever heard that used well? You know? Like, well, my wife and I, my fiancé and I are here to plot our wedding, you know? <laughs> no, you don't, you don't use it like that. I mean, it just has that devious uh, nature to it. But the word devise there, it, it's about putting your, your brain to work to intentionally create a scenario that will produce a specific or desired result. I'm going to devise this. I'm going to devise good. If I want to be kind and not just not be mean, I need to devise good. I need to think about ways that I can be good to my wife. I need to think about ways I can be good to my sons. I need to think about ways I can be good to the congregation, which maybe, Jared, you never get to go out of town again. Might be a great way to do that. Save you from the goat praise. Hallelujah! But, I mean, there's just a lot of things that, that when you think about this, the wheels start turning and it starts to make sense and you kind of get a little loose in your, your mind. You think, yeah, I like that. I need to devise good. I mean, when I find myself sitting in, 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 or driving or thinking, I can even introduce that to my prayer life. Father, help me to devise good, to, to put my mind to intentionally think about how I can do good for that person, how I can do good for that group of people, the guys that I work with. I want to find some way to do something good for them. I want to be kind and just not, not be mean. 
So here, here's a, a, a thing that I find interesting from the scripture, okay? Kindness is something that, that is required. Now, some people might stand and raise a fuss, but I'll just throw the scripture out there and let the scripture do the talking, okay? So here's a passage of scripture for you from Micah, Micah 6, verse 8. Micah 6, verse 8. That's talking about God and God's requirement. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but, now here comes the requirements, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before the Lord. Now, I mean, this is one of those things that I, I call simple, right? Simple isn't always easy. Sometimes things are easier said than done, but this is a really simple and short list. What has the Lord required of you but to do justice? That means don't cheat. To love kindness. I mean, that would be to, to prefer kindness. I would prefer to be kind than to be mean. I would prefer to be kind than to be aggressive. I would prefer uh, to be kind than to be angry. But to love and to embrace kindness and to walk humbly before God. Kind of a simple list there. Once again, something that could invade your prayer life. Father, I want to fulfill that list. Today, I want to fulfill that list. Let me do what is right. I want to do justice. And, and lead me and guide me to love kindness. I want to devise good and, and release it through my words and actions. And, and, and lead me to walk humbly before you. <clears throat> so that when I don't devise good to my wife, I, I save up those points and demand something in return. It's not about keeping score. When we devise good with those that we work with, it's not about leverage. It's simply about being one who desires to do good. Here's another passage of scripture for you. Zechariah chapter 7 verse 9. Thus this is what the Lord of hosts has said. Dispense truth, justice, and practice kindness and compassion to each his brother. What a great list. I mean, we don't really use words like dispense, but that would just mean let that be what your life releases. Let that be what your life produces. Let that be the result of your life, whether it be attitude, whether it be spoken word, whether it be action performed. Let the result of what you do and who you are be the following. True justice, kindness, compassion, and let it be released to your brother. I want to give you a, another a couple of passages of Scripture here because I, I think these are important to look at. I mentioned before we're going to find what brings about solution. Well, we're going to find that here in the next two passages of Scripture. In fact, uh, we can just go there right now to that. Let's go, if you have your Bibles, Titus 3, beginning in verse 3. I want to read a, a few passages of Scripture here from Titus, and as we do that, we'll, we'll get to the point. But if you're at Titus chapter 3 and you look around verse 3, you'll, you'll find these words. We were once foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, uh, hateful, hating one another. I mean, I've been there. Now verse 4. But when the kindness of God, but when the kindness of God appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by washing and regenerating us, the renewal of the Holy Spirit, 
that which he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. There's a really, really amazing and powerful stretch of Scripture there. I mean, I would encourage you, if you were to even just take one section of everything that we might look at today and, and soak on it in your own time, I think that might be the winner right there. But the thing that I want to draw attention to just as we move through the Word this morning for, with our, our intended purpose is what brings this turnaround. I mean, you'll see this passage of Scripture, and this passage of Scripture is divided. It talks about, you know, we were once, and then it goes through this history that you could just define with one word, let's just say, jerks. We were once jerks. But then the kindness of God appeared. I mean, that's the turning point. And we are a people that celebrate salvation and, and, and sing of salvation. I mean, it was in the songs that we sang this morning, and it'll be in the songs that we sing next week, and, and it, rightfully so. It's a wonderful, foundational part of all that we have to be grateful for, but the salvation that comes into our life has a catalyst. It has come through something, and that thing that it has come through is God's kindness. I mean, he didn't owe that to us. But yet he chose to bring this deliverance into our lives all out of his kindness. When we see a passage of scripture like that, you know, it's something that, that can inspire us to realize how important something is. I mean, do you see that at this passage of scripture, we see the, the turning point for something that is extremely destructive or extremely undesirable to something that is completely productive and something that is extremely desirable. And that turning point is kindness. Now, what I have to do is take from that and ask, how does this apply to my life? Well, I deal with a lot of things that are undesirable and destructive. If I want those things to turn and go from being undesirable and destructive to being desirable and productive, then what I might need to inject into that situation is kindness. If it's kindness that is the turning point for those scenarios and situations, then let kindness be what I produce with my life to see to it that my life is a carrier of solutions. I'll give you another passage of Scripture here, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. <clears throat> Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it reads like this. Uh, it's a call to not think lightly of the riches of God's kindness. Don't think lightly of the riches of God's kindness, tolerance, and patience, but know that the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Now, I mean, this is a passage of Scripture that you could apply to a message about repentance, and I think that would be a very wonderful and appropriate thing to do. But what I want to do here is identify what repentance is. Repentance is change. I mean, repentance is more than apology, but rather it's change. This passage of Scripture is bearing witness with what was written out of Titus, that we were once this, then kindness came, now we are that. Or rather, I should say, we were once that, then kindness came, and now we are this. And for us, we can see from the passage that's written here in Romans that it's kindness that leads to change. When I'm looking at things that I want to see changed, when I'm looking at things that I want to see turned around, I need to realize that kindness is the catalyst for that change. I don't think that that's how Pharaoh thinks. I mentioned to you that nickname earlier. 
I don't know that Pharaoh was a real kind individual or was known for his kindness. The change that he desired to produce, he tried to produce by brute force with negative reinforcement. I deal with people that operate in those things, and I got to tell you, I don't particularly enjoy it. There's one person in, in specific that I'm thinking of that will call, and when they call, I see on my phone and I cringe. This person is a decision maker. They decide whether we get work or whether we don't get work. And when this person calls, they almost always start the call by putting me on edge with something negative. Saying something like, hey, this isn't uh, how it needs to be, or this is really not up to the same standard that we once had. Or it starts with something panicked and negative. And what's amazing to me is what that inspires in me. That first reaction, so to speak, that is destructive versus a calculated response that can actually be productive. That first reaction is to say, you know, in a very, if there is a polite way to say it, hey, you know, oh, oh never mind. There's not a polite way to say it. But it's to be defensive. And it's to be defensive in a way that is assertive and aggressive. It's to say, if you're going to take us to, to that level, I'm going to take us to the level above it. And then if you want to take us to the level above that, get ready. I got a ladder. I can do this all day long. And before you know it, you're, you're in a, a discord and you're in a, a fight, a dispute, an argument. It's not productive. And ultimately, it will, whether it happens then or down the line, lead to separation. In that case, it would lead to you're fired. But when this person calls, I've noticed that if I just wait and if I take what I want to say and instead of say it, take a breath and then say something like this, what would you like to see be done to fix that? I'm willing to give you all of the power. I'm willing to give you all of the authority in the conversation. I'm willing to be the servant here. I hear that you're disappointed. What would you like to see? You know, it's really amazing People don't know what to do when you give them that. I mean, in this case, you know, it just changes the whole conversation completely. But I think there are things like that that we carry to bring solution when we face these things where we are actually able to be kind, not just not be mean. And it really brings a tremendous result, a different result, that change like you see. I mean, that kindness that leads to change or repentance, that kindness that goes from we were once that and now we are this. That phone call was once destructive, leading to anger and separation. Now it's led to productivity. We're pleased with you and more work down the line. It totally turns it around. I mean, the scripture talks about individual things, you know, whether it's words or actions. I mean, as it concerns words, you can go to the, to the Proverbs. You can go and see all kinds of things that affect words, such as a gentle word turns away wrath, right? I mean, let's just substitute the word kind word for gentle. We're not changing the meaning, but we're adding application to where we're at here. So we can see we need to be producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can see that kindness is this catalyst for, for change and transformation to situations and circumstances that are undesirable. And, and I want to offer this as we, we close here, that this is really what people want. It's what they're looking for. I mean, when you think about what people want and what they're looking for on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I think that... 
base answer to that is, is going to be love and everything that love brings. I mean, there's no doubt about it that people are on the hunt for that. I mean, you can find a, a number of, of areas in people's lives where they're making bad decisions, but all looking for something good, looking for love, looking for acceptance, looking for uh, identity and purpose and all those things that are the result of loving relationships and, and community. And as we, we see then that God is love and that the, the call that we have to, to carry his love and to love one another, it, it all is, is making sense. But then we have to pause and ask ourselves, well, then what, what really is love? I mean, what would make that work? It's a word that we can use, but, but what is it? And you'll find in Corinthians 13 a, a list of attributes that make up what love is. Not that love is one of these things at any given time, but rather it's all of these things all of the time. And in the beginning of this list, we see that love is patient and that love is kind. Kindness. People are on the hunt for it. They're looking for it. They desire it. Have you ever noticed that you've been drawn to, to someone or, or, or drawn to a group? And if you were to ask yourself, why am I so drawn to this person? I think it's really good, a really good chance that that thing that draws you to that person is their kindness. I mean, I've been around people that weren't kind, and I wasn't particularly drawn to them, and I've been around people who were, and, and I couldn't help but just smile when I looked at them. Kindness is a very attractive thing. In fact, I want to offer this passage of Scripture in closing from the Proverbs, Proverbs 19.22. Proverbs 19.22 What is desirable in a person is their kindness. Now, that wasn't me talking. That was the proverb. What is desirable in the person is their kindness. So now we're outside of opinion and we're outside of, you know, I think maybe the people that I'm drawn to, I'm drawn to them because they're kind. But now we're seeing black and white in the scripture from the word of God what makes a person desirable is kindness. This is going to have an impact on my prayer life in a number of ways, and I would encourage you to take this perspective. I mean, Father, as you have led me to be a, a, an influence in this world for your kingdom, let me be a desirable person by being kind. Let me be kind to all of those around me, not just those that share the same views or have the same thoughts or 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 go to the same places, or, or think the same things. You know, I mean, I'm going to get repetitive there, but you get where I'm going with that. I want to be kind all the time to every person. I want to stand my ground. I want to have my convictions. I want to be free from compromise no matter what. I want to be a one who would adhere to your word and never let go. But no matter what I'm faced with, no matter what difference of thought, view, or opinion, let me be And let that kindness create that desirableness that would open up the door for the fellowship, that would open up the door for the repentance and the change, that would open up the door for the different results that we all so desperately long for and need. Let me be kind. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to offer a prayer. The prayer is, is simply this. I don't think that you could ask a congregation or, or ask a, a group of believers, you know, would you like to be more kind and, and have them say no? 
especially after you, know, you read a list of scriptures of all the reasons why kindness is a priority and, and important. What I want to pray for this morning is that God would, would teach us and lead us, that by his spirit he would affect our hearts and our minds to, to do what the word described as devising good. Help us to think and to plan good things. Turn our hearts and our minds to, to look at, at individuals and, and situations and circumstances and to think, what good could I do there? And instead of start at the finish line, you know, God make us to be kind people, which is a noble prayer to pray. Let's pray from the starting line. God, help us to think differently, to devise good, that we wouldn't react with, with vindication when we're faced with circumstance and situation that's undesirable, but that we would pause and we would think, hey, what good could I do in this situation? What good could I bring to this meeting? What good could I bring to this phone call? What good could I bring to this fist fight? What good could I bring to this conflict? And then let, let kindness go from there. So there where you stand, I want to pray. I, there's no greater minister in the room than the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is present to touch and affect your heart and your mind as we surrender to God's uh, uh, presence, as we surrender to his call, as we surrender to the work that he's doing. We are the clay and he is the potter and he is shaping who we are that we might look more like Jesus. There where you stand, I want to pray. I want to ask God to do this work in us, to continue to do this work in us. Father, we bless your name and we thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you chose to deliver us and redeem us under no obligation at all. We desire to see your example of kindness in a different light. Let it be seen as that example that we're called to live our lives according to, that we would speak tender words, that we would perform actions that would be good, and here now we ask for a work to be done in our heart and in our mind that we would begin to think of how to do good. As your word states it, to, to devise good. Let us look on, on scenarios and, and circumstances and situations that may be undesirable and, and let the question be asked and let it be surrendered to you. What can we do in your name to bring good into this? And let us have the security of heart and mind to bring that good. That no longer would we be led by weakness and insecurity to be defensive and to fight, but that we would hold our ground in every conviction, but be completely devoted to bringing the kindness that you have anointed us to bring supernaturally by your spirit. Help us to be those that would think of how to bring good and have the courage and the trust in you to bring that good. We bless your name and we thank you, Father. And we stand upon your word that kindness will have its way and bring about the desired change. And let those changes bring you honor and glory. As the works of the devil are destroyed and as your kingdom is expanded, let it be as your people walk in the kindness that you have so anointed them to walk in. We bless your name and we thank you. And we rejoice in our call as your sons and daughters. In the mighty name of Jesus. All the saints declared, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.